Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So good to be in Corbin, Kentucky. Somebody say yes. And uh, didn't you enjoy the worship this morning? Just awesome. I sense the presence of the Lord. And I could tell by some of the songs that they were singing, um, I believe the message that the Lord gave me is right on target. How many of you know he knows who is in the house and what needs to be said? Yes. Okay, let's get right into um, our message. Um, if you want to open your Bibles to Psalms 40 or we have the scriptures in PowerPoint. I, I want to minister this morning on from a horrible pit. Everybody say noisy. That's what that word horrible means. From a horrible pit to a ha hallelujah praise. Everybody say noisy. <laughs> We're going to go from a pit of tumult to a tumult of praise. Glory to God. All right, I'm going to ask you to stand if you're physically able for the reading of God's word in Psalms 40. Very familiar scripture. Psalms 40, the first three verses. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. How many of you realize our lady friend who opened the service with the scripture talked about how we need to cry? I thought I, I knew right then I was on, on target. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit. Say it, a pit of tumult. Out of the miry, everybody say slimy. The miry clay. Set my feet up on a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Now look at this last part. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Do you know what that's saying, church? Your deliverance is never just for you. Many see what the Lord has done in your life, and it causes them to fear and trust in the Lord. Heavenly Father, I love you this morning more than I've ever loved you in my life. Thank you for every song that's been sung for every testimony. Thank you for Freedom Point Church of God and what they're doing. Oh God, thank you for your presence and for the plans that you have for this altar service this morning. If there's someone lost, I pray first and foremost for their salvation. If someone is backslid, I pray for a fire to be rekindled. If someone is empty, I pray for them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If there's someone confused, I ask you to give them direction. I pray for those that are lonely. I pray for those that are weary. Just meet your need, the needs, Lord, this morning. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever they are. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen. Look at the one on the right and say, now listen up, this is just for you. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay, from a horrible pit to a hallelujah praise. 
when Psalms 40 opens, we find David proclaiming that God has delivered him out of one of the most trying times of his life. And we don't know the circumstances, but that the reader might understand the magnitude of what he's been going through, he likens it to being in a horrible pit. Mm -hmm. That's the analogy. And sinking in the slime and mud. Now, I want you to understand something this morning. Some of the pits referred to in the Bible served as wells and cisterns. How many besides me was raised with a well? Well water? But other uh, pits were used as prisons. And I want to tell you something. These prison pits were indeed noisy pits because of the screams and cries of the occupants. Now, I want you to consider this, the following. These horrible pits, prisons, not only were they noisy, pits of tumult, they were dark. There was one hole at the top. It served both as a door and a window. And I don't know how else to say it. They were putrid. Somebody say yes, because there was no sanitation. But you know what? One day, Ron came back from the Dollar Tree. Do you guys have a Dollar Tree in Corbin? And he brought me some cards. Um, and on one of the day spring cards, it said this, five things that God wants you to know in trying times. And I said, whoa, that'll preach. All I have to do is just put some scripture with it. So all you preachers out there, if you need some help, go to the Dollar Tree. <laughs> Find inspiration, yes. How many of you know life can be the pits, can be a, a trying time? So look at this. The first thing, God wants you to remember in trying times, the day spring card said, you are never, ever alone. Look up here, church. I don't care how dark the pit is, how deep it is, how stinking it might be, how noisy it might be. You are never alone. What's the scripture? For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Tap the one on the left and say, what part of never do you not get? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The second thing God wants you to remember in trying times. Nothing takes him by surprise. Isaiah 46.10, he said, I am God. There is none like me. And oh, I love this. Declaring the end from the beginning. Mm, how many of you know he knew all along? Then also, um, the third thing, in trying times, when you are weak, guess what? He is strong. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then also God wants you to know in trying times. Number four, he is the God of new beginnings. How many besides me, you can say, Edna, I've needed a place to start over. Come on. He's the God of new beginnings. Look, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember ye not 
the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Mm. I may say this is good stuff. And it only cost a buck. This card. All right. Number five. His love never gives up on us. Oh, they sang today about he's a God of grace. <laughs> Romans 8, 35 and 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I don't care how dark the pit may be. It may be stinking, noisy. But what will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? Nay. Don't we love this Elizabethan English? Everybody say nay. <laughs> no. None of those things. In all these things, everybody say all these things. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. All right. Now, we're going to take a journey. We saw what was true in trying times. We're going to take a journey, and we're going to look at David down in that pit, and then we're going to see what he has to do. How many of you know there's something for us? And then we're going to look at what the Lord's role is on the journey going from a horrible pit to a hallelujah praise. Okay, let's start in the pit. David's role alone is what? I waited patiently for the Lord. All right, now let's look at this. First of all, there are different words in our Bible translated wait. But I want us to look at this one that David uses here in Psalms 40. This wait is talking about more than just tarrying. To wait here in Psalms 40 is literally to bind together with him. I want you to put your fingers together like this. A long time ago, there was an old gospel song that said, I got wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. As they say down home, that ain't bad theology. Getting wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. So to wait on the Lord is to bind together with him. To draw so close, your lives are intertwined. And I want to tell you something. I've walked with God for 56 years. Getting tangled up with Jesus is the answer to all of life's problems, really. I just want to put it in a nutshell. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? Getting tangled up with him. Now, listen. This word, waiting, here in Psalms 40, is not just about tarrying until an answer comes. Now, stay with me. How many of you know it's good to tarry? You know, but I'm just telling you there's, you know, a fine nuance here. Let's look at this, this tarrying. This is proactive. It's not just going to happen if you're going to get bound together, bind together with Jesus, tangled up, you've got to make it happen. And you say, how do you do that? Well, you need to pray. You need to fast. You need to read the word. You need to worship him. 
You need to praise him. Can I hear an amen? Mm. You say, well, Edna, what's the big deal about separating this weight from all the other words translated weight? I'll tell you what the big deal is. Because there are precious promises to those who will bind together with Jesus. Glory to God. I want you to look at this in Isaiah 40. It's the same weight that's in Psalms 40. But they that wait up on the Lord, bind together with him, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You say, Edna, what are you saying? I'm saying the same weight that's going to cause you to mount up with wings like an eagle is the same weight that's going to bring you out of the pit. Glory be unto God. Binding together. But listen, not only did David wait on the Lord when he was in the pit, he waited patiently. What does that tell us? The answer did not come immediately. Somebody say, duh. If he had to wait patiently. Now, I love something Matthew Henry, the famous Bible commentator, said. Those who wait patiently. Come on, get your fingers up there. I'm an old school teacher. I think you don't get it unless you see it and we act it out. I have about 40 pictures. Glory to God. Get them up there. Those who wait patiently, though they may wait long, they do not wait in vain. Is that awesome or what? Glory to God. Now, I want to remind you of something that God said to the nation of Israel in Exodus 23. The land of Canaan was in front of them. Listen to what he said. And I will send hornets before thee. And I'm not talking about F-18 fighter jets. Comprenden ustedes? We're not talking about that. We're talking hornets, bees. Glory to God. I'll send hornets before thee. And listen, by little and little. Everybody say, poco a poco. Come on, throw a little Italian in there. Poco a poco. By little and little, I will drive the Canaanites out from before thee. Listen, until thou be increased and inherit the land. Exodus 23, verses 28 and 30. Now let's go back and put verse 29 in there because he tells Israel why it's going to be little by little. This is important. He said in verse 29, I will not drive them out in one year. Everybody say nay. (laughs) Lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against thee. Now, I want you to look at this map. Modern day Israel is about the size of the state of New Jersey. But ancient Israel, everybody go like this. Come on, you're talking what, thousands of square miles. And what he is telling them, if God had given Israel the land all at once, the land would have become desolate and overrun by wild animals 
before they could settle in and get it cultivated. Oh, listen, God knows what you can handle. We live out in the country. Five acres. Ron puts out a garden. We're serious about our gardens. But I want to tell you something. What he doesn't get cultivated, plowed up, how many of you know in the trees and the shrubs, there's critters? The raccoons come to get your corn. Somebody say yay. Yes. We've seen coyotes, deer. That's what we're talking about. There's no way they could have cultivated that. Thousands upon thousands of square miles, the, the promised land that God had for them. Everybody say little by little. So I want to tell you something. You may be in the pit. Let's bind together, get tangled up with the Lord, and wait patiently. 21 years ago, the Lord delivered me out of a horrible pit of breast cancer. This is my rug this morning, glory to God. Look up here. Watch that old tree back there. Look up here, look up here. My hair came back little by little. My appetite returned little by little. My strength returned little by little. I remember when Ron used to fix me that Jello and some Sprite. That's about all I could keep down with the chemo. Little by little, my ministry resumed. The Lord sent you a holy roller preacher girl today to tell you, you can go from a horrible pit to a hallelujah praise. But there's something you're going to have to do. You're going to pray and get into the word of God. Get in church. Worship him. Praise him. Wait. Get all tangled up with the Lord and do it uh, patiently and say, devil, you are a liar. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Poco a poco, I am getting through this. Give the Lord a clap offering of praise. Glory be unto God. Now we want to see what is the Lord's responsibility. Okay, we're moving outside the pit now. We've got David out. The Lord brings him out. Now what is the Lord's role? That only he can fulfill. After the Lord brought him out, what's the first thing he did? He set his feet upon a rock. Didn't you sing about that this morning too? About being on solid ground. Set my feet. Now, I want you to look at that word set in the Hebrew. I call it an upward. Because it means to get up, to set up, to raise up. To stand up. Did you guys not sing about that? Oh, it's going to get good in a minute here. Everybody say, get set. That'll help us remember, get up, set up. And then RS. Everybody say, raise up, stand up. RS, alphabetical. We need these little things to help us remember, especially when you're 72. Somebody say, yes. Glory to God. All right, now. I want you to notice something. After 
the Lord um, set David's feet on a rock. Now he is not hunkered down. He's standing up. He's not in a slimy pit. He's on a solid rock. And I want you to, to listen to this. David's message to Freedom Point Church of God this morning is this. It's time to bounce back and stand tall. Because he wants to set your feet up on a rock. Can I hear an amen? He said, tell them. I thought I didn't know if I would be able to sit there when they, they were singing that song. Tell them it is time to get up, set up, raise up, stand up. Everybody say, get set, raise, stand, R-S. Now let's do it again. It's time to get up, set up, raise up, stand up. (laughs) Glory to God. Listen, sometimes life is the pits, and we do get knocked down. Come on, somebody say yes. But I read this somewhere. I love this. We may be down, but we're not out. We're either up or we're getting up. Glory be unto God. Shelby, come and help me. Glory to God. This is 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 to 9. Shelby, start hitting it. Glory to God. We are troubled on every side. Somebody say yes. But we are not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are cast down, but we're not destroyed. We are cast down, but we're not destroyed. Satan, poco a poco. We're going to get up. We're going to set up. We're going to raise up. We're going to stand up. Satan, we may be down, but we are not down. We may be cast down, but we are not destroyed. I said we're going to get up. We're going to set up. We're going to raise up, and we're going to stand up. Can I hear an amen? Said another way, just keep punching, you're doing great. Micah said it like this, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Give the Lord a clap offering of praise. Why don't you just stand up a minute? Come on, let's give the Lord another clap offering of praise. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Come on, say it one more time. Get up. Set up. Raise up. Stand up. One more clap. Thank you, Shelby. Glory to God. Now, once a troubled parishioner asked a pastor, He said, Pastor, does the world look like a wreck to you? And the pastor said, yep, the world does look like a wreck. 
It looks like the wreck of a bursting sea. <laughs> Whoa, what does that mean? Let's look at this picture here. Check this out. Here's some beautiful seeds, acorns. And now look at them closely. Now look at the next picture. I called this picture. I said, Ron, I want the title of this to be the wreck of a bursting seed. Now look real closely at the middle of that acorn. The wreck of a bursting seed. The acorn can never give life to an oak tree without undergoing the wreck stage. Its world literally falls apart. If you look closely, how many of you can see that crack right across the middle of the acorn? You see that? It has to fall apart. Now, I believe that that is saying a couple things to us. First of all, that acorn has to experience brokenness, crack open, for its life to ultimately be a blessing to others. Come on, one day it's going to supply shelter and food for squirrels. How many likes have you got any oak furniture in your house? Beauty? Come on. But it can never ultimately be a blessing to supply food or shelter, beauty, any of these things without undergoing that wreck stage. Now, the second thing it says is this. If your life right now is a wreck, fallen apart, broken, then you need to see your wreck as the wreck of a bursting seed. Mm-hmm. And look at this next slide. Because the end of the story of the wreck of a bursting seed is an oak standing tall. And I want to tell you something. Freedom Point Church of God needs oaks. For the young people, can I just say it like this? They need to see people, as it were, that have been to hell and back again. But they're still in a church with their hands in the air, praising God. They've seen people, their world has fallen apart, but they're still faithful to the house of God. They're still going on. Young people need to see oaks. How many of you have some old people poured into you today? Glory be unto God. See your life as the wreck of a bursting seed. Listen, look up here. Don't allow your wreck to wreck your God-given destiny. You bounce back. You get up, set up, raise up, stand up. You be that oak. The teenagers need you. What is going to happen if everybody over 40 falls apart? Does this thing work or does it not work? I'm here to tell you it works. My dad used to take me to a tavern when I was a, a little girl. Come. I said it works. 
I found God in a little Southern Baptist church. God gloriously filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There was always alcohol in our house, but it wasn't in me. God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I grew up in the 60s. You think it's wild now? It was wild. A lot of the seeds were sown in the 60s uh, that is causing the harvest that we're having today. They passed around birth control pills like aspirins. But I stayed a virgin. Why? Because this thing works. You don't have to be doing it because everybody else is doing it. You can hit the rock. You can get up, set up, raise up, and stand up. You can be an oak on the campus. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Again, what is the Lord's soul responsibility? Hallelujah. Look up here. Get your fingers up. Your responsibility is to bind together. His responsibility is to set your feet on a rock. Then, the second responsibility that, all, that only the Lord can do, after he sets your feet, what does he do? He established my goings. What does that mean? It means he steadied me as I walked along. Now, listen. So I came for somebody to get this point right here. I know the Lord sent me. David's already been brought out of the pit. His feet is on a rock. Look up here. But he still needs somebody to steady him as he walks along. Come on up here, Pastor. Come on, help your grandma. Glory to God. Look up here. The storm ain't over just because the rain quit falling. I preached a message one time, in the meantime can be a mean time. Look at your neighbor and say, I know that's right. Just sit down, I might need you again. Glory to God. I want you to look at this, Noah's storm. Let's all go to the ark. I never have been there yet. Noah's storm only lasted 40 days and 40 nights. But the aftermath, you know, the total time he was in that ark was one year and 10 days. Somebody say, duh. A year and 10 days before he could get out of the ark and move on down the road. And, uh, and lots of times we have to deal with ripples. Can I hear an amen? An aftermath. The rain has stopped, but the storm, you know, there's um, an aftermath that you have to deal with. Ask me how I know that. In the meantime can be a mean time. Now here's what I want you to get. Evidence from the pit still wants to cling to you. Angie, you're out of the pit, you're on the rock, but that pit wants to leave some evidence on you. Ask me how I know. I want to tell you a story about an elephant in India back in 2015. This one particular elephant was causing quite a stir. The local villagers saw her out in the middle of a muddy field. And uh, she was there 
pulling bits of mud out of this ditch, you know, with her trunk. And um, they could not figure out what was she doing, pulling mud out of that ditch. Well, when they got up close enough to see what was going on, they found out, listen, this went on for 11 hours. Somebody say, whoa, from sundown to sunup. But when they got close, they found out something. She had a calf, and he had fallen down into that muddy ditch. And she was trying to get him out. That's why for 11 hours, she was, you know, pulling little bits of mud. And it was obvious that she was exhausted. In fact, the herd, after so many hours, they went on and left her. And they figured, they, they figured out, now, you know, what is the problem here? Because... The reason why she wasn't able to get him out was the, le- the ground around that ditch was not level. And there was a heap of sand there. And when she would like, you know, step back to brace herself, you know, get it some mu- a little bit of mud out. And when she would move back, she was automatically kicking some of that loose sand there, that heap of sand back into the pit. And so... The villagers decided what they were going to have to do. We're going to have to help her. She's kicking mud in and sand back in. At the same time, she's getting it out because it's it's not level and there's that heap there. So they drove a banana truck up to her to scare her away. And while she was gone, they leveled the ground and they got rid of that heap of sand so she couldn't kick more sand right back in. And... Then they drove away. Well, the mother elephant came back, and now with the ground level and that heap gone, she was able to take her trunk and wrap it around her calf, and with a few heaves, she brought it up out of that uh, muddy ditch. And how many of you know it was a mud-slick baby? Now listen, here's the gem of this story. The villagers said that the two elephants walked away with their trunks entwined. And I said, oh, what a graphic portrayal of Psalms 40 and verse 2. He brought me up out of an horrible pit, a noisy pit, out of the miry clay, that slimy clay. He established my goings, but also, come help me, Pastor, he did what? steadied me as I walked along. And the Lord said, Edna, I want you to tell him at Freedom Point Church of God, the same trunk that lifted that little elephant out was the same trunk that steadied them as they walked along. And the Lord said to tell you this, not only is his hand not shortened that it cannot save you, his hand is, it's the same hand. His hand is not shortened that he cannot uh, steady you as you walk along. I have been a mud-slicked baby.
baby. But I want to tell you something. God knows how to help you get rid of the aftermath of the pit. You may be out, but you may have some slime on you. How many of you know I need to go to the Dollar Tree and get some of that slime? Glory be unto God. But he said, tell them I can handle mud slick babies. Because it is the same hand that lifted a 12-year-old girl off of her bed and death lost its sting. I can handle the slime on you, he's saying. It's the same hand that touched the eyes of a blind man and his sight was restored. It's the same hand that touched a leper and his flesh was made clean. It's the same hand that touched the demon possessed and deliverance came. It's the same hand that was nailed to Calvary's tree and salvation was purchased. It's the same hand that holds our world and everything in it. It's the same hand that's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. He can handle the aftermath. Oh, glory to God. When in the meantime is a meantime, it's the same hand that brought you out that's going to steady you as you walk along. Give the Lord a clap offering of praise. Ask me how I know. Evidence from where you came from once declared. Our first church like to kill us. And it ain't none of your business. The biggest miracle is that we just still wanted to be in the ministry. Somebody say yes. I told Ron one time, I said, I want to tell you something. I'm a chemistry major. I'm going to go to Procter & Gamble and shake test tubes. I don't have to put up with this. How many of you know I'm glad I put up with it? You know the good times out and under the bad. Give the Lord a clap offering of praise. And the last thing, how many's getting something out of this? We're just about finished. We're talking about, let's do again. What's your responsibility? You got to get tangled up with him, bind together. And then his responsibility is to set your feet. Up on the rock. His responsibility is to steady you as you walk along. How many of you know you can't steady yourself? The same hand that brought you out can intertwine with you and steady you. And here's the last thing that David said. He said, let's look at this. His role. David said, he hath put a new song in my mouth even praise unto our God. How many of you know only the Lord can give you that new song? <laughs> now look at that slide. That word praise, there's a lot of different words translated praise, and they all have different meanings. But this one here is from the word halal, as in hallelujah. And what does the word halal mean? Look at this. It means to boast, to rave, to be clamorously foolish. If we can show that picture, sweetheart. There we go. How many of you can see those Orthodox Jews are not subdued? 
He hath put a new song in my mouth, even halal unto our God. To boast, to rave, to be clamorously, everybody say noisily, noisily foolish. Now, do you see what we did? We started out with a pit of noise, and we're ending up with, we started out with a pit of tumult, and now we're going to uh, a tumult of praise. Can I hear an amen? Now, I'm just going to comment on this, and we're going to pray. I want to tell you what they're celebrating and why they are celebrating. Once a year, the Orthodox Jews, I don't know if the Reformed Jews celebrate the Feast of Purim or not. Purim means lots. Kind of like our, in 21st century, like throwing dice. Back in the book of Esther, Haman, how many have heard tell of Haman? They cast lots. And it fell on the 13th day of the 12th month, the Jewish month Adar. The 13th day of the 12th month, every Jew on the planet was to be exterminated. Somebody say yes. But by the time you get to the end of the story, Haman, who hatched up that plot, winds up being hanged on the same gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai, Esther's cousin. How many of you remember that? The one who was going to have all the Jews exterminated, he winds up hanging on his own gallows. So look at those Jews, the Orthodox, if you can see them. Can you look back through the picture and see them stomping? How many can see that? This is not subdued praise. Because, listen, every single one of them, they, they do this once a year. It falls in the spring. Listen, not a one of them should be alive. Every Jew was to be exterminated. So you know what the Jews do now? On the same day that everyone was supposed to be exterminated, on that very day, the 13th day of the 12th month, they turn right around and make that a day of celebration. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I brought the, the biggest shoes I could find. They put Haman on the bottom of their shoes. Somebody say, I love that old woman. She's crazy. And in the inset, they have what they call a gragger. This came from the Dollar Tree. It's a noise, a noise maker. And so, and I, I can't, I don't have time to go into all of this. But they eat, uh, you know, braided loaves of bread, reminiscent of the rope that Haman winds up hanging on. And they eat hamantashan cookies, shaped like uh, Haman's hat. But listen, they are stomping because every single one of them should be not alive. They should be destroyed. They've got Haman, and they're shaking their graggers. And it is not subdued praise at all. 
they're thankful to be alive, that they're not, they've not been destroyed. Well, listen, you know what that's saying for us? You've got an enemy greater than Haman, and he's under your feet. He had a day you should have been destroyed, Pastor Sean Disney, but you're not destroyed. He had plans for me. But Jesus said, I don't think so. I see a little holy roller preacher girl. I see a church of God pastor and his wife. So I want to tell you something. We, uh, he wants to give you one of those halal praises. He wants you to know that your story can end in praise. And you need to tell the devil, I'm not going to shut up. I should be destroyed. But I'm not destroyed. He put a new song in my mouth. What is your new song, Edna? Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord has done. <laughs> Stand to your feet. I want the musicians to come. Oh, glory to God. your heads with me. Lord, I don't know who's in the house this morning. <laughs> and I don't know what they've been going through. <laughs> Somebody needs the God of new beginnings. Somebody needs to know when their strength is gone, you're still strong. Um, Somebody needs to know you're never caught off guard. You know the end from the beginning. Who is it, Lord? They need to be steadied as they walk along. Um, who is it, Lord? They're dealing with some aftermath, some slime. Glory to God. Who is it, Lord? <laughs> they need a new song, Lord. They need to praise you. <laughs> Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to ask as many of you as can. If you're lost, salvation is in the house. If you're sick, I believe there's healing in the house. We'll anoint you with oil. If you want to come and spread out across the front, pray at these seats here. Would you come just as I'm talking? 
Let's draw, let's bind together with him this morning. I believe he has the answer for whatever it is that you're going through. And we'll minister to you this morning. You feel free to pray at your seat if you're more comfortable with that. But let's bind together. Would you do that? Bow your head or kneel at your seat. Come here at the front, just wherever. And we'll minister to you. I believe God wants to touch you this morning. I believe he's talked to some people this morning.